Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Welcome back to Anchored In Always. So in today's episode, I have a very special guest on the show. It is my father, Pastor Mike Stambaugh. And I am just so excited to have him on the show today. Um, If you listen to episode one or you uh, have heard in many of the episodes, I've actually referenced some things that he's shared with me. that you know I'm I'm a pretty big daddy's girl. And um, especially over the last few years, as I've gone through some really hard stuff that I've shared um, in previous episodes, um, my dad has been one of my go-tos and really throughout my whole life um, when I just need some encouragement and spiritual, um, especially spiritual encouragement. He's always willing to just pray with me and Typically, his answers to questions or concerns or or things that I'm um, calling him about, he always goes back to the Bible, um, which I really appreciate. He's not trying to fix me, even as his daughter. He's he's pointing me back to the one who can fix the situation or can help heal my heart. Um, so I've always been so thankful for that. My dad ha- is has been in ministry as a pastor for I believe 34 years. Um, and just recently retired. Um, so he, and one thing that I've always loved about my dad is his love for the word of God, um, that he studies it and he just loves to study it, um, and share it with people. He's, um, appreciated that so much. And just his knowledge of the word, just being able to call him and say, Hey dad, what does the Bible say about this? Or, um, I, I vaguely remember this passage, but, and he can tell me usually directly right where to find that and where it is. And so that's just something that I've just always respected and loved about my father. And so I wanted to have him on the show today, um, just for him and I to have a little faith chat. One of the pillars of this podcast is our identity in Christ and our self-worth. And so we're going to just be chatting, me and him today, a little bit about um, what that means, especially in, in today's society. So um, with that, I'm just, I want to introduce my dad, Pastor Mike Stambaugh to you. Dad, welcome to the show. Thank you, honey. It's really great to be here. I've been, uh, I've been listening to you regularly and um you know, I I don't uh, I don't take any credit for where you're at. Uh, that credit goes to Christ. He's the one who saved you, informed you, and uh, he's the one who's getting glory from you and Josh, and even the things that you're going through now, and is uh, your teacher. But it is a blessing. It is a blessing to turn out a podcast and hear my daughter's voice on there and hear the things. Uh, I think I've shared this with you before. Uh, the authenticity and transparency of your life and um, Josh's life as you guys have walked through this. And what blesses me most is that you, uh, even when that transparency is something that's really a hard day, uh, maybe fighting with anger or fighting with uh, loneliness or fear or other things, and you've been very honest about that, 
Um, what blesses me is you always, both of you always end up with the word. You always end up with the foundation that has brought your healing. I think of Psalm 107, where the psalmist said that he sent his word and healed them. And I think uh, I've, I've loved that because I've watched that in your and Josh's life, um, that he has healed you through a very traumatic uh, terrible experience. I mean, nothing that any, any parent would ever want to go through. Um, and so, and, and, the, and it's still healing you yeah, and, and we'll continue to heal you. So yeah, it's a, it's a joy to, to uh, be here and to be with you. Well, one of the things that, um, that has really helped me. And I've been, like you said, very open about this, that it's helped me through this whole last few years of battling the cancer and Marcus. Um, and in prior to that, um, marriage struggles that Josh and I went through, um, and then now grieving is, is my foundation in Christ, um, is my relationship with Christ. Um, I've often said that, you know, I really, I grieve really for the people that have to walk through what I'm experiencing without a relationship with Christ. Um, and so that's been foundational for me. Um, so what I, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was um, if you could share some scripture or verses about our identity in Christ, just so maybe if there's a, somebody listening today that's not sure what I'm talking about when I refer to that, what our identity in Christ is, and then what would your encouragement be to this person that's struggling with maybe their purpose or their calling, um, who they are in Christ and what that means? Well, yeah, I have a number of things I can say about that. Um, being in Christ has to do with our position before God. It's not something you feel. It isn't even something that you experience. You don't experience it with any of your senses. You don't, you don't see it. You don't, you don't feel it. You don't touch it. You don't hear it. All, all those things. It, it, it has to do with a, a, a something that, a work that God does in us, uh, really apart from us, other than faith in Christ, um, and it has to do with our position before him. And to, to understand that, you have to understand where we start out. We are, what the Bible says, we are born in Adam. And that's a very important phrase, in Adam. Comes out of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So obviously there's two realms that exist. Uh, and every human being in the world is in one of those realms. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Now, you start, everybody starts out in Adam. You, you're born in Adam, okay? You're born, and what that means is you're born in sin. You're born with a sin nature. Uh, David said in Psalm 51.5, he said, in sin, in sin did my mother conceive me. Paul went on to write in uh, Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 12, wherefore by one man sin entered the world and death through sin, so that death has passed upon all men because all have sinned. So we are born sinners. Uh, we're, we're born in sin. So what happens when you and I are born, uh, I know babies uh, uh, seem so innocent and cute, but they're not sinless. Let me tell you, and you know, you know it only takes about 30 minutes to find out that a baby isn't sinless. Matter of fact, babies are probably the most narcissistic creatures on the face of the earth because anytime they want something, they just scream and holler and cry until they get it. So you see that sin nature. So we are born in sin 
and we commit sin as a result of that. In other words, we we are born sinners. We are born with sin nature, and because of that, we commit acts of sin. So we are guilty before God of being a sinner, both in nature and in action, because we are in Adam, all right? And so what happens is that when we're born again, when we come to Jesus Christ and we surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we are taken out of Adam and we're put in Christ. Uh, illustrated that uh, to our church uh, a number of times by putting a couple canisters up on the platform. One of them said in Adam and the other one said in Christ. And I put a ping pong ball inside one of them and the ping pong ball represented our individual life. And I said, here's where you began, you're in Christ. And when you became a Christian, you were taken by uh, the Holy Spirit and you were taken out of Adam and you were placed in Christ. That's called the baptism of the spirit where we are placed into the body of Christ and placed in Christ. So what's interesting is you can't be in both places at the same time. You can't be in Adam and in Christ. You're, you're in Adam to begin with, and once you come to faith in Christ, you're taken out of Adam, and you are in Christ. Now, we still struggle with sin because the remains of Adam's nature is still in our flesh. The Apostle Paul talked about that in Romans chapter 7, you know, where he says, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing, or I have the desire to do what is right, but I can't, can't seem to do it. You know, and he goes on with this. I mean, uh, I guess I shouldn't be happy about that, but there is kind of an encouragement to that. Say, you know, even the Apostle Paul struggled with this thing. Okay, right. uh, but he he was he was in Christ. He wasn't in Adam anymore, but he still uh, struggled with the flesh. So when you're born again, you're taken out of Adam, put into Christ, and you live now in an entirely new realm. But again, you don't necessarily feel that or see that, or hear that, or taste it, or smell it, because it's, it's, it's in a different realm. It's in a spiritual realm, and we still live in physical bodies in the physical realm. So we are so limited to our five senses so often, and that's how we gauge things. So this thing about being in Christ is something we have to trust God in. We have to take him at his word. When he says, matter of fact, a great verse for that is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man or woman, a person is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone. The old Adam is gone. The new has come. So that's what our identity is. Now, on the other side of this, let me be so bold as to say this. All right? I don't like the phrase our identity in Christ. Hmm. I like the phrase in Christ, okay? Uh, you, you have to like it. And I mean, if, uh, and, and if you want to get a good handle on it, here's what I encourage people who may be listening to do. Read the book of Ephesians. 23 times in the book of Ephesians, the phrase in Christ, with Christ, or through Christ is used of our position in Christ. 23 times. Hmm. So that, that whole book is, is just a treaty on uh, our position in Christ, all right? But the phrase, our identity in Christ, the reason I don't like that phrase is because the focus becomes on us and not on Christ. It, it's not about my, my identity, okay? Um, 
that's almost like uh and and there's so much uh, there's so much of that today katie there's so much of that you know my my identity who am i you know that kind of thing it's almost a if i can call it a christian narcissism hmm. um i don't know if there is such a thing but you know it just seems like that because when we talk about that when we talk about our identity in christ we're implying that Jesus died to improve our quality of life. Hmm. Well, Jesus didn't die to improve our quality of life. Jesus came to rescue us from sin and bring us into a living relationship with God. In, uh, let me just uh, read a couple passages here that come to my mind. First Peter chapter, uh, First Peter chapter two and verse twenty-four. Uh, the Apostle Peter says this. And I love this. He said, he, speaking of Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we, here's our purpose, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Hmm. That's, that's the purpose. He goes on in verse 18 of chapter 3, for Christ also suffered once for sins. See, it doesn't say that Christ suffered so that we could have a happy life or Christ suffered so that we can find, figure out who in the world we are. He said, Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous, him, for the unrighteous, us, for the purpose that he might bring us to God. Yeah. That, that was his purpose. So um, we hear so much today about, uh, you know, um, if you come to Christ, uh, you, you'll, you, you need to find your purpose. You need to find your identity and all this. And I tell you, so much of this is a, um, I'll be so bold to say it's a false gospel that I think is being proclaimed today that Jesus died to make me happy, make me wealthy, make me healthy, make me successful. And what happens then is that when I come to Jesus and I'm not happy or I'm not wealthy or I'm not healthy or I'm not successful, then Jesus screwed up somehow and we become bitter with him uh so salvation i think today for many people is not about denying themselves and taking up their cross and following jesus think of those words that 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 doesn't sound very um who wants an identity like that right. you know that i'm going to deny myself that right there uh kind of says, well, we shouldn't be about ourselves. We're going to deny ourselves. We're going to take up our cross and we're going to follow Jesus. But see, that's not what salvation is implied today. Salvation today is implied that it's about adding Jesus to our lives so that we can get good things from him. He's like a he's like a genie. If you rub him the right way, you know, uh, and, and you get three great wishes or whatever. Mm. So it's not about so much of who I am in Christ as much as it is about who Christ is in me. Yeah. Now, when you come to purpose, this helps then with purpose. See, because the problem with purpose is that we're focused on the wrong goal. We're, we're running around trying to discover our purpose. And when we need to be focused on God's purposes, I, if someone says, well, what is my purpose in life? I can answer that for them very quickly. And it doesn't make any difference what nationality they come from, what ethnicity they come from, what social status they come from. It doesn't matter any of those things. Our purpose is, as a believer, is to glorify God. Mm. That's our purpose. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, that whatever you do pretty much covers everything. Right. 
do it all for the glory of God. That is our purpose. Our purpose is to display, we glorify God when we display Christ in us. And we glorify God when we allow the Holy Spirit through the word to help us become more like Jesus. Matter of fact, in Romans chapter 8 and uh, verse 29, uh, the apostle Paul uh, says this, and I, and I love this. He said, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, that, that's God's purpose. We glorify him the more that we look like Jesus, the more we talk like Jesus, think like Jesus, uh, act like Jesus. So it, that, that's very important. And you know, Paul, the apostle Paul, I think gave us a great example. He, he modeled that kind of purpose for us in Philippians chapter one, uh, verse 21. And I, I know probably you've memorized this first. Very simple verse says this, for to me, to live is Christ. There you go. Mm -hmm. There's purpose. What's my purpose? To live as Christ. And to die is gain. Now, Paul, <laughs> I love that. What Paul is saying is the best thing that can happen to me as a believer is to die. Hmm. Now, isn't that an amazing thing? Because that tends to be the thing that we fight against the most. But he says, the best thing that can happen to me as a believer is to die. But if I'm not going to die, then the second best thing to happen to me is that I live for Christ. Right. That's my purpose. Uh, the first thing is that I die. Why? Because I'm going to be with Jesus. I mean, how much better could it get than to be with Jesus? So to live, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And then when you go over to chapter 3 in Philippians, he demonstrates that out of his own life. He does a little autobiography here. And he says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. So he's kind of talking about before he was a believer. And he's, and you know, this is an interesting thing. When we read this, the apostle Paul knew what his purpose in life was. He was not a man who struggled around trying to figure out what his purpose in life was as an unbeliever. He said, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. He says this, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. So, hey, my purpose, uh, you know, my, my nationality, my ethnicity is my purpose in life of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. As to the law of Pharisee, hey, my religion, I had purpose in my religion. And then he says, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Hey, he, he found purpose in what he was doing. He found purpose in his religion. He found purpose in what he was doing. He found purpose in his ethnicity. He was a man of purpose. And then he comes to Christ. And guess what? Christ screwed his purpose all up. Because it says in verse 7, whatever gain I had. And that gain refers back to those things, circumcised the eighth day, people of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, uh, a Pharisee, zeal, persecuting the church, blameless as touching the righteousness of the law. Those were the things he had counted as gain. He said, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake. I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish. So Paul isn't saying, oh, uh, yeah, I had to give up this and give up that and all this. No, he counted those things that he gave up as rubbish anyway. Mm. 
in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. It's a tremendous model of a man whose purpose uh, in life and whose identity was glorifying God and exalting Jesus Christ. That that, and, and when you talk about self-esteem, when you talk about self-esteem, honey, and self-worth, uh, those those are the thing. That is the thing that gives us self-esteem and self-worth. My self-worth isn't in who I am. My self-worth is in who Jesus is, and I'm in Him. I'm I by myself am worth nothing because sin ruined me. I, I'm not a I'm not a good person that Jesus saved. I was a bad person that Jesus saved. And he made me good because of his goodness. So that's where our, our identity comes. I think uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, familiar verse summarizes it well. And, and, and Solomon says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own way of thinking. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, make him known. And then what's the promise? He will direct your path. What's that? That's purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, he will give you purpose. So my, my advice to people is this, stop running around trying to find your purpose and commit yourself to simply glorifying, honoring and obeying God and his purpose will become your purpose. And in that you will find identity that is fulfilling and satisfying because it's not your identity. It's his identity. Hope that makes sense. Well, that's it, folks. We are no. <laughs> that was great, Dad. Um, no, that was wonderful. There, yeah, so much of that. Um, I just agree with, of course, and just resonated with me because I think for the longest time, like my identity was in what I could do um, as a believer. I felt like I had to be this perfect. Christian, I was missing out on the relationship with Christ in the pursuit of, you know, just trying to gain his approval, which I didn't need. And, and, um, and so I struggled with that for so long. And honestly, like you said, you referenced to, um, it's, it's been through the, the times of my life where I've suffered, um, the most in my marriage and, you know, with Marcus and with, um, his passing and in grieving that I've drawn the closest to Christ that I felt um, I've wrestled with him. Yes. But I've in that wrestling, even I'm on my relationship with, with Christ, my identity in him, who he is in me, um, has become much more clearer through my trials. It's almost, um, I feel like for me, when I'm moved out of the way, when I really had no more control, like I, there wasn't anything else I could do. I had to either harden my heart and turn my back or surrender completely and trust him. And I found that, um, I, I needed him. I surrendered and, and, and needed him to just do, to get out of bed sometimes then, you know, the next day. Um, and it was really in those places that, that I began to kind of realize, um, that it's really not about me and exactly what you said. You know, I think sometimes we focus and society these days on our happiness and, and how we feel, um, you know, people end marriages because they don't feel the same, um, about their spouse anymore. And, and even, you know, with our relationship with Christ, if they, we just expect if we do X, Y, Z, then things should be good because 
He wants what's good for us, right? Um, but that's so not the gospel. And 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 he even told us in this life you will have suffering, struggle, mm-hmm. trials, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And I will say that um, in agreement with what you're saying, that um as I've grieved, um, and I'm still in the process of grieving, the things that comfort me the most is that is keeping an eternal perspective, is reminding myself um that it is not about um, this life, that this is not heaven. And, um, and that one day it will be, you, you know, we will be in his presence fully in heaven and there will be no more sorrow and death and crying and, and um, grieving. And so just reminding myself that, that um, I'm still here. Cause he, th- there's work that needs to be done that he has for me to do. And, and it's just what you said, glorifying him. And, and I do find the most peace and the most comfort when I feel that I am doing that. When I, when I share our story or I'm honest with people and share my faith and, um, and I can see God using that to impact them and draw them closer to him. Um, it gives purpose to the, to the pain. Um, I begin to see how he's working all things towards good, but not earthly good, not necessarily the outcome you want, or like you said, health or finances and all those things, but but eternal good, lasting good, you know, um, and his glory ultimately. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, I think that you did a great job in just clarifying that. Um, well, you know, I, I like honey, what, uh, John Piper has a saying that, uh, we, we are most satisfied in God when he is most glorified in us. Mm-hmm. Um, the more we glorify God, the more satisfied we are with life. And, you know, you see it today in so many things. You mentioned marriage, um, that kind of thing. And, yeah, and, and that's true. I see it as a pastor or as a former pastor in uh, the commitment of people to the local church. Stop and think about it. most people come to church and what do they walk away with? They, they'll say, oh, I didn't get anything out of that music. I didn't get anything out of that sermon. So what is it about? It's all about them. It's all about whether they got something, whether their ears were tickled, whether they got excited, whether they got a good feel, you know, uh, with that. It wasn't about, hey, was the word of God preached? Uh, Is the church being a faithful church to the Great Commission? Uh, Is it, you know, so I see this uh, all the time. and 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 it's basically there because we proclaimed a false gospel that is a prosperity gospel that jesus died to give you all these things um so yeah i think uh you know that's a that's a huge piece and that's why you know people can know some of this stuff and they still are miserable they're still unsatisfied they're still unhappy you know because uh, they're not getting it that that uh, the the greatest thing the greatest satisfaction in our life is when we know we are living to the glory of god and allowing the spirit of god through the word of god to form christ in us um so that that that's a huge piece huge piece I, Yes. And actually that, that leads into what I was going to ask you next is, is because, um, a lot of people are struggling with that. And even Christians, like you said, um, how important is it? And what does the Bible have to say about that? Having a daily time with God, um, in, in spending time in his word and in prayer, um, to really uh, shape that. So we're not relying so much on, 
on our egos or our feelings, um, feeling good that we are grounded more in the truth of God's word. So when it comes to um, circumstances in our life where it doesn't feel good or we're not liking this certain situation that we don't just um, make decisions based on our feelings and and break commitments, but instead we stay grounded in the truth. Um, what would what would you say to encourage people who are who are struggling with their feelings and and um, and how would getting into God's word benefit them more? Well, and, you know, and, and that's an interesting phrase that you use too. And and, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I've I've um, I don't want to say I've corrected people with that. I had to correct it myself. Mm. I, I always used to say, um, uh, well, I meet with men. You know, I meet with men in Bible study, that kind of thing, kind of an accountability. And I would say to them, um, did you get into God's word this week? Did you get into God's word today? And I found out that I was really asking the wrong question hmm. because not that it's not important to get in God's word, but it is far more important that God's word is getting in you. Hmm. Yeah. So the question is, how does God's word get in you? Well, obviously we need to read it. Uh, so there needs to be some kind of daily reading. And, uh, you know, there's Bible plans out there. Now, the danger a lot of times with some of that, and and not that I'm an anti-devotion or quiet time, I'm, I'm all for that. I think we need that. Uh, the danger we have to be careful with with those, and, and I know you know this, Katie, because you and I are a, a lot alike on this. We're a list person, you mm-hmm. know, and so we make these lists, and there's a great satisfaction going through the day to get all these things checked off from our list, mm-hmm. okay? But so often, God becomes part of our list. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we'll, we'll have this quiet time with him, but we're having it because we got to check that off our list so we can get on to the next thing. Um, so that sometimes our quiet time becomes a, a routine that we just simply check off our daily to-do list. We have to be careful of that. But it is very good to have a special time with the Lord. As a matter of fact, I think it's good to give him the first or the best part of the day. Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, honor the Lord. Now, talking here about wealth, so it's honor the Lord with the first fruits, with your first fruits and the increase of all your crops. And then your wines will overflow and your, your barns will be filled to the fullest. In other words, give God the very best. And I, I think that not only does that apply to giving, I think that applies to our, our time during the day. You know, I, I, don't, try to, don't try to have a quiet time with God if at the end of the day you're exhausted. And your mind is is fried. I I am a morning person. Um, basically, after seven o'clock, it's best not to talk to me because I might not even be coherent. Um, so for me to have a quiet time at night, it's 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 not good. Now I I might uh, before I go to bed, I'll memorize a verse, or a lot of times I'll go to bed by you know going in my mind through some scripture that I'd uh, memorized that day and that kind of thing. But given if you're a night person, the best part of your day may be 10 o'clock at night after you put the kids to bed or something like that. Fine, do that. You know, do it in the evening. I'm a morning person. Uh, it's easier for me to get up in the morning. My mind is fresh. It's not distracted by the busyness of the day. I think you're a morning person. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, sometimes I think the key though is still learning to be still at times, hmm. not just racing through our reading and our, and our praying, but uh, also just stopping and listening and, and allowing the Lord to speak to us. Um, but but that that's important. But it's something that you 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 need to be committed to. Uh, it's something that you need to do. Um, so I think, and I think that, uh, you know, to make it valuable, I, you know, God blesses the reading of his word. God blesses the study of his word. God blesses the memorization of his word. We should memorize scripture. But it's interesting that the real blessings come in meditating. Hmm. Uh, Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will find good success. Mm. The psalmist said in Psalm 1, he talked about the person that God blesses, and it says his or her delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law, he meditates or she meditates day and night. They'll be like a tree planted by streams of water that are fruitful, bring forth their fruit in their season, their leaf doesn't wither. In other words, their life will be consistent, and whatever they do will prosper. That comes from meditation. Now, meditation, we're to do that day and night. How does that work when you got a job? for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. That's where I think memorization comes in. So important because when you memorize the scripture, you can be at a job, you can be driving, you can be doing things at home and you can be meditating on scripture. And I think that becomes the key. I, I See, I don't know how good our devotions are or our quiet time is, is if we read something uh, and then six hours later, we can't remember what we read that morning. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to, you know, maybe, maybe little is better where there's a little more concentration. I think that's the important, find something that works for you. Um, find something that uh, allows you to meditate on the word uh, day and night. Uh, so that, you know, it's kind of like a cow chewing its cud. You're just going over it and over and over and over and over it, and you're getting the most nutrition out of that uh, that you can. So, um, yeah, that would be my suggestions. Yes. Yes. Well, I love that because I think um, a big problem um, a lot of time is is in our society. We're kind of like a, a microwave society and we just want instant Absolutely. gratifications. We want instant results and um, everything like I'm going to do this and then I expect this result right away. And that's just not how a relationship with God and, and, and reading his word works. Um, and, and I've done it that way. I've done the, where I've checked the boxes and just, and then been disappointed because I don't feel differently in inside. And, um, but it's, it's in our motives of, of are we really trying to um, read God's word to get to know him more and to, to have a relationship and to just, um, be filled with what he wants us to be filled with that day. And then, like you said, to meditate on it and think on it and, um, you know, have it close to your heart. Uh, so I think, you know, definitely that to me is very good wisdom for people just to slow down and look at their schedules and what's the best time where I have the least amount of distraction, where I can really just sit, um, in the presence of the Lord and just quiet my heart quiet my environment and just read, you know, like you said, pick a small passage and read it several times and really think about it and look at it in context of that, you know, that chapter, not just 
what you want out of that verse, but what is he talking about in that chapter? Um, and how does that maybe apply to me now? And really just thinking about it. Um, so I agree with you. I love all of that. Um, so dad, in closing, um, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for, um, just being on the show and just sharing all of that, um, amazing wisdom with uh, the listener today. Dad, would you be willing to just uh, say a prayer over the listener um, today, just um, just kind of on what we've been talking about and um, just praying over them today? Yes, I will. Father, I am very grateful to and humbled to be part of my daughter's ministry. I thank you for how you've blessed her life. And I thank you for the passion you've given her in the midst of her pain, both her and Josh, to want to help others who are going through pain. Help others who um, face life struggles. And I'm grateful, Lord, that in the process of doing that, you're bringing healing into their lives as well as they watch you work in abundant ways in people's lives. And Father, for those who listen today to what we shared, I just I just pray, not for anything that I said, but for the power of your word. I thank you for the promise of Isaiah 55 that says, as the rain falls from heaven and it it waters the earth below, so is your word that proceeds out of your mouth. It will not return to you empty, but it will accomplish the purpose for which you've sent it. So, Father, I pray that your word would accomplish purpose today in people's lives. I pray that people will commit themselves to glorifying you, honoring you, serving you, walking with you, obeying you. And in that, Lord, when you are glorified, they find the greatest fulfillment of purpose uh, that life has to offer. So thank you again for uh, just the opportunity to share. Thank you again for uh, the ministry that you're allowing uh, my daughter and her husband to have. And uh, we just want you to receive the glory out of it because you're the one responsible for all of it. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.